on this episode of Free Beer and Real Estate. The, this situation is you've got a car that's not been maintained. It needs everything fixed on it just to be roadworthy. So it's down here and it needs to be brought back here just to be made roadworthy. And then if you want it to perform better, you've got to even go further than that. Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate. All right, what's up everybody? We got a great topic today. The headline is your rental portfolio is a mess. Now what? And I've got a special guest, uh, David Koenig from Pine Creek Properties on. He's a local property manager here in the Cleveland area. Had Dave on a couple months ago and everybody loved the content. So uh, we were specifically talking about this and said, hey, let's let's do a whole thing on this. So uh, Dave, go ahead and do a quick intro and tell people how best to reach you. Uh, Dave Koenig, Pine Creek Properties is our company and uh, can best be reached by, do I dare give my cell phone number out? Um, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? 216-905-5428. Call or text is actually the best way to get me directly. Obviously, this is for customer relations. Um, we do have an office, landline, email, online portals and access points and all these other things and a lot of other access points for tenants uh, with regard to whatever their concerns are, but with regard cool. to this patient and clients. We'll, we'll are- give that info again at the end. Um, real quick intro for me. I'm the uh, weekly host here, Mike Ferrante, Century 21 Homestar, run a team of uh, agents here in the Cleveland area. Uh, we're gonna we're on pace to close somewhere between four and five hundred transactions this year, and much of that thanks to uh, oh by the way, reach me at mike at twenty one mike dot com, and much of that production is thanks to broker owner Tony Geraci who helps me host these uh, weekly training sessions. Uh, Tony, go ahead and do a quick intro, and then we'll get rolling with Dave. Oh, hello everyone. I'm Tony Geraci, broker and owner, Century Twenty One Homestar, and of course. Text message is always best. And that is 216-374-1269. So Tony, I know you and I talk about property management and we always are like on the edge of our seat because of how tricky and um, problem laden the business is. And David, for some unknown reason, has chosen to make this his career, property management. And uh, so one of the things I hear, Dave, is uh, I get investors who reach out to me and say, everybody's making money but me. And of course, they want to blame everyone for that. And I've written down just a couple talking points, and I'm going to throw a kind of a question comment out there and, and then and then let you uh, ramble for a few minutes uh, with all the good information that, that you have. So when when a uh, say a realtor makes a referral to you of a, of a, pro- a property owner, or if you just get someone who contacts you, uh, this never happens, right? Where they say, oh, I own 10 properties in Cleveland and I'm losing my butt. Um, what, what do you do? Like, what's your process when that happens? How do you approach a problem portfolio like that? Well, if someone comes to me and that's their, that's their lead and that's their comment, I definitely tiptoe into that conversation because 
it's it's clear that this person is having problems with their rental portfolio and um, truly getting an understanding of what those problems are and the cause of those problems is uh, is a tricky place because as you mentioned this owner thinks or may think I guess you didn't preface it but they there's a good chance that they believe that it's the the fault and responsibility of the current management situation so I was thinking about this topic before today, and uh, one of the things that comes to mind is that for the most part, if it's an existing portfolio and it is in a problematic situation, it is going to be bad management. The interesting piece to that is who's responsible for that management. So a lot of clients that come to us um, are coming out of prior management companies, and they are blaming them for their lack of profitability or the costs associated with it. That is a real problem. That is a a touchy situation for me to step into because it may or may not be accurate. It may or may not be that the prior management is doing anything right or wrong. And it may just be that this owner does not have a grasp of how rental properties in Northeastern Ohio or Cleveland area operate and should profit and, and the expenses associated with it. Um, and, and, and I remember if, if, if I can jump in, when I asked you last time you were on, on our show here, I asked you what the number one uh, pitfall or one number one problem you saw. And you said that, and you, you shocked me with this answer. You said, I think the number one problem that owners and rental have with rental properties is their lack of understanding that you're going to have repairs that, you know, our housing stock here is quite old and so many investors don't have that in mind. They they don't understand that. Well, what do you mean I'm going to have this bill for this much on a repair? I just rehabbed this house. So talk about that for a second. I know, I know you want to get to this. So I want to make sure we get it in the very beginning. Um, Talk about how, uh, how some owners have this unrealistic expectation that there's going to be no repairs and, and with old housing, stock give us some examples like you know g- give me some examples of real life situations without saying names or addresses uh, like where this came into play so that people kind of understand what they should expect uh, when they have these rental properties wow you've given me a lot to chew on there there is uh, so many different facets to that conversation um, I think I, I have to touch base on the this the second part of what I was saying a minute ago was the other person that comes to us, with a problem situation, which is still resulting from bad management is when they were self-managed before that. And so you've got an owner who has just been managing it badly, but doing it himself. So he's very connected to it and he's handing the reins over to you and, and expecting you to make everything, you know, fuzzy and warm and shiny. And so these are, these are two problem scenarios. Your question about, um, owners being unrealistic about uh, and, and, um, and, and the expectations of these properties in Cleveland in this area. Um, you know, honestly, the answer is in the statement. Um, Cleveland is a different place. And when these, these owners come from out of town where they don't have snow and they don't have 75% of the days of the year with clouds in the sky, where moisture can't burn off of roofs and it can't, you know, window insulation and furnaces get exhausted through the winter. Um, 
you know, these are all factors that are drastically different than other, other areas. And so the, the maintenance and the, the improvements, the capital expenses, the repairs, the, the wear and tear of the tenant basis in Cleveland is a massive difference than other neighborhoods. Um, owners come here and they can't comprehend. I know I've said it to you a million times, Mike, but my best way of explaining to owners the, the tenancy base here is that in, a, in, a, in, in the most common price point of, of rental properties, uh, the, the income bracket, whatever you want to call it, but I would say 85% of all the tenants do not own a vacuum cleaner. That's it in a nutshell. That, how many of us sitting here right now own a vacuum cleaner? I, I think I own two of them. Yeah. Um, but, but I would say 85% of the tenants do not own vacuum cleaners. And the logic behind that is they just don't, it's not their home. They don't take care of it that way. Uh, and that spans out to not only the carpet, but the entire house. They don't change furnace filters, which are massively damaging on furnaces. They, they don't even change light bulbs half the time. They definitely don't change smoke detector batteries. Uh, it's just the mentality of tenancy. It is what it is. These are the, 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 the tools of our industry. These are the, the clients, the customers, whatever you want to call them. But, but this is what it is, and this is what we deal with. And you have to prepare accordingly and be prepared for the fact that they, they're gonna they're gonna not pay they're gonna they're gonna break stuff they're gonna expect you to repair stuff um you know we get calls all the time from tenants that say this this light isn't working and the first thing we say is did you change the light bulb so is there is there gas in the tank that's always the first question i i, I had a no no heat call and the first question is do you have gas at the house right uh, so you, you've got to be prepared for that stuff all of these things roll over to this idea of expenses associated with, with rental properties. And all of that stuff gets amplified in Cleveland, mostly due to the weather, somewhat due to the economy and the, the tenancy stock, and a, a lot due to the age of the housing stock, for sure. Got it. So I, I have another question for you, Staking, staying on the, and thank you for staying on topic. I know that when you and I talk, we tend to do all these tangents, but again, it's all about uh, property or portfolio not performing. Uh, now what? Uh, Tony, I got one more question and then I'm gonna throw the ball over to you because I'm sure you've got some good questions for Dave. Uh, my next question is this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend like I'm your client, but Dave, the problem with my portfolio is that my manager doesn't do a good job screening the tenants and go. Me go or Tony go? No, you. You're, uh, Tony's going to get the next question, but that's this is one uh, that I'm sure gets dropped on you all the time. Oh, they just pick bad tenants. Twice a week. Why did you rent to that guy? You know, why didn't, I love this one. Why didn't he pay? So, uh, what I can tell you is my textbook company answer to that to a client is I did not know this tenant before he made application. Never spoke to him before. Didn't go to his his kid's baptism. Didn't go to his mom's birthday party. I, I didn't know this guy. I don't know his habits. I don't know his history other than the piece of paper sitting in front of me known as the rental application and subsequently the background check. And that background check shows me 
a credit report, which I'm going to tell you in my business, a credit report is fairly worthless most days um, because it's deceiving. I, I should preface that. It's deceiving because a credit score can be very low because they have no credit history. They have one trade line and they missed one payment two years ago and now they've got a 525 credit score. You know, but it can also be the opposite. You can have a high credit score and they they have no real credit history or lots of credit history that they have tricked or or they filed bankruptcy to reset their credit scores. My point is credit reporting is tough. For us, the most important stuff is 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 civil court stuff like eviction um, filings. But this relies on previous managers and owners actually filing evictions. And I can tell you the industry standard for especially for a lot of small time property owners i own one or two properties they are scared to file an eviction or they don't want to spend the money to file an eviction they continue to beat their head against the wall with the tenant trying to get the tenant to pay or move out and a lot of times they do but it's only after months of losing rental income. It's been my experience. It's my policy to move fast and, and you know, the act swiftly and, and act aggressively with commitment and deadlines. And, you know, we file, we serve a ton of three-day notices every month that go nowhere. We serve a three-day notice and the tenant gets it, they get scared, they pay. We serve and file a bunch of evictions um, that same thing. Tenant gets the eviction notice, they pay, we dismiss the case. The tenant, you know, we, we end up invoicing the tenant for the legal fees per their lease agreement. And that's a whole other conversation about where that goes in court, but that's for another day. And we, we even have a bunch of cases where we go to court on eviction, get an eviction granted, and the tenant pays the day before the bailiff move out. Our policy is all we want you to do is pay. We don't care what it looks like eventually if we get to a place where you pay. We're happy to let you stay as a tenant, but if you don't pay, you got to go. And so, so, so I think you, you, you have a plan and you stick to it. And I think finding out what has happened with the current portfolio is very important. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, real estate agents serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number two team for Century 21 in the entire U.S., contact Mike via email at mike at 21mike.com. Um, I know I've done all the talking. Tony, uh, do, do you have a, a question for Dave or shall I keep going? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I have a question. And uh, of course, this gonna be, it could be off the record question. But <laughs> wording, so I'm not off the record it's kind of- uh, not really off the record but we, i mean we, we you, you gave us a good like that uh 85 without a vacuum cleaner you know there's a general statement of the general tenants how about on the owner side of things let me just say where i'm coming from and 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 i might be way off because i'm not in your business is that as uh, a native ohioan clevelander i get kind of concerned because i've been in the business 30 years of so many owners coming in from out of town and out of country worried that if the market turns, if the values turn, they bail, uh, you know, because they don't live here. So I'm wondering, are you, you seeing any 10 or any owners that are not from the area? Do they, are they better? Are they worse? Are they 
you know, are you seeing owners bail? Like I'm not fixing it, just dump the house, you know, and not servicing their, their tenants. Um, that question makes sense. <laughs> uh, it's not been my experience. Um, I have not seen any larger percentage of absentee landlords, um, you know, no, no skin in the game kind of mentality from out of town investors than I saw from in town investors 10 years ago. Yeah. And the other question uh, I have is, and Mike, maybe you could throw in your two cents on this too, because I get questions from people just asking about real estate and investments and the market and, and bubbles, like what's going to happen, you know, the values come down, but I see the difference between today's investor than the investor uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago is today people are buying cash. Are you seeing more people buying cash? And I think they care about the property more because all of their, their money's in it. Not, they're not getting a loan. They're not buying an investment property with 5% down or no money down, and they don't care as much. But they go, I got to take care of this house. I've got 50, 60, 80, 150,000 cash tied up in it. Have you seen that compared to other markets? Uh, like well, I'll, so I'll say yes. Owners, the investors are caring more about the properties because it's not a payment to them. It's really an investment. I mean, they have to keep, that's their money. If the house gets trashed, they don't get their money out, not just uh, making a, a, enough rent to pay the mortgage payment. I'll, I'll answer this. And then Dave, you can tack onto it. My, what I think is that it doesn't matter whether they pay cash or finance. Um, I think when they finance, they also feel like, you know, I've got a mortgage to pay. And if I'm not collecting rent, I got to go into my pocket to pay the mortgage. And that hurts them. Well, I think they're financially capable of doing it, knowing that they're paying that mortgage and not getting rent uh, or, you know, not having a property that's performing is painful for them. Uh, I get the point about uh, skin in the game with cash. Uh, but I think it's more on an owner by owner basis. What do you think, Dave? I, I would agree. I don't know that I've seen a reality of cash buyers versus mortgaged buyers. I mean, to, and to be honest, completely honest, that there's very few financed investment property buyers out there that I see. Most we, I, I we're would, doing, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing more purchases and we're seeing both. Yeah, I would say if we're managing for 70 owners right now, I would say there might be 10 that have financed properties. The rest are all cash investors. Um, I do see a, a reasonable, not reasonable, a, a, a noticeable percentage of those in cash investors who are actually pooling investor money to do that. So they are almost acting as a portfolio manager, asset manager, um, but they are gathering from the true hands-off investor who just wants to give money and say, I own some properties or I'm part owner in some properties. And they're putting it with somebody who's then then buying properties and, and having a piece of it or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I see a lot more of that with foreign investors. I think the regulations uh, for them, you know, gathering and pooling investor money are, is a lot looser than it is in the States, um, you know, and the responsibilities associated along with that. But 
So Dave, um, we, uh, we're, we're at our time, but I'm going to go another two or three minutes here. I do have a question that came up in the chat. I think, um, Fanil, if you can hold on for a second, I'm going to ask, ask your question after I hit stop. But I have one more question I got to ask you, Dave, because I see this a lot and it, it, it speaks to this whole topic of my rental portfolio or property isn't performing. Now what? Um, I know that there are turnkey providers out there. And so one of the things that you probably get, and I know I see it all the time, is that, well, I bought this property turnkey. I paid top dollar for it uh, because someone bought it, rehabbed it, put a tenant in it, maybe even had management in place, turnkey, truly turnkey. And yet two months in, the tenant moves out, there's an eviction, there's re repairs. And I'm not here to bash the turnkey pr providers because I think just like any other business, there's good ones and bad ones. But, um, you know, when can you maybe just comment on that? I guess I'm looking for, like, what do you say to someone when they say, but I bought this turnkey, it's all, it's all rehabbed. Uh, what is the answer that you usually give, give there? I know it depends, but talk to me about that a little bit. Um, I'm a fan of turnkey providers too. I think they're providing a service. And I think that, um, there's some, some responsibility that falls on the buyer and the owner in that scenario. I mean, we live in a buyer beware society. So if you buy a property and they say, you know, you're buying it turnkey, then I, you know, I, there's kind of two, two questions here. A tenant, tenant gets evicted two months in is one conversation. Uh, two months in the roof is leaking is another conversation. So the, the turnkey rental property eviction of a tenant two months in, it goes back to the same conversation. I, you know, buyer beware, but the, the, the person that placed that tenant, the person that placed that tenancy, it's, it's a level of uh, screening and what you're doing to the value of that tenant, but none of it's absolute. I see all kinds of good applications that turn out to be terrible tenants. And I see lots of bad applications that turn out to be great tenants. So I think it comes down to what did the screening process look like? And did that buyer weigh in on any of that? Because if you're just taking it blindly and you're not saying, let me see the application, let me see their payment history, let me see any of this before I buy the property, well, then you can't complain about it two months in because you really didn't check into it. The, the other side of that conversation of two months in and the property has the roof is leaking or this or that. This goes back to kind of another offshoot, same conversation of, uh, you know, I paid somebody a lot of money to rehab that house or unit, and now I'm having problems with it. Well, it again comes back to how many questions did you ask going into it? If you paid some turnkey provider for a turnkey property and you paid them a, a premium for that, what, what did they give you for a list of the repairs and work that they did to the property? What, did they what are they warrantying? Because like anything you buy, if you, if you take your car to the mechanic and you put tires on it and two months later your brakes go out, well, you can't expect your mechanic to pay for the brakes. It's about what work did they do and what are they warrantying? You buy a turnkey property, you get a list from that provider that says, we replaced the roof, we did this, we did that, or you have an addendum with that provider, that turnkey provider that says, we warranty this, this, and this for the next six months. Well, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the warranty. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's that's just good business, whether it's houses or cars or anything as a buyer. Again, that buyer beware scenario of, you know, what are you buying? What are you buying there with that that turnkey situation? So let me sum it up this way. And then, uh, Dave, if I can ask you to stay on for a couple of minutes, we've got at least one question from Tanil, and, and I know we've all got to get to things. Tony has his daily training that he's going to start in a few minutes. So thanks for making time for us here, Tony. But going back to your last comments, Dave, to kind of wrap it up this way, uh, I think one of the things I have found in working with you is that sometimes the owner has to look in the mirror when their portfolio is not performing and other times they need to look at the manager. And the third option, of course, and I get this all the time, is I just want to liquidate my, my properties. They're not performing. They're garbage. It's just ter- the Cleveland, Cleveland stinks. Uh, you know, and I don't believe that to be true. I think that most rental portfolios can be turned around and I've seen you do it time and time again. So uh, that's why that's why we have these conversations. Um, so that's kind of my wrap up, Tony, if you have any parting thoughts, I know you've got to run. No, thank you. That's great. I, I love this topic. And, and, and it's always interesting to hear the, you know, the take on the management side of the tenants and the owners. Yeah. And we get to put Dave on the spot to answer those questions and we don't have to answer them today. I, uh, I did want to have one wrap up comment on this topic for Tony to take to his next destinations of the world. But you know, we, we talked about re- this, this conversation is really about my portfolio isn't performing and I want you to fix it. The, the best way that I can look at that or tell someone to look at that is you have a situation that's bad and you want someone that's going to take money and time to do. That. Now, again, I, I love using car analogies, but if you have a car that's 10 years old and it's been well maintained and you want someone to now take care of it. That's an easy lateral transition. The This situation is you've got a car that's not been maintained. It needs everything fixed on it just to be roadworthy. So it's down here and it needs to be brought back here just to be made roadworthy. And then if you want it to perform better, you've got to even go further than that. But the, the point is, is that I deal, like you said, Mike, I have dealt with this a bunch of times. And what happens a lot of times is that owners get frustrated and exhausted from the cost and the time associated with resurrecting something that's in a bad place to get it back to a good place. And then you get owners that have this misconception that if you spend a bunch of money and time resurrecting it, that you should never have another problem again. And it's this, this misconception that you can get to a place in rental properties where there is no maintenance or no evictions or no non-paying tenants. And that's never gonna happen. And especially if you look at the market and the tenancy base and the income base of what you're dealing with. And, and that's gonna be a part of your everyday business model. And if it's not, you're in the wrong place. Right. The car analogy is gonna be my soundbite lead in on the podcast, just so you know, that was awesome. Uh, if you want to reach Tony, he's got a split. It's 216-374-1269. Uh, Dave, 216-905-5428. I've got your number memorized. Pretty impressive, right, Dave? All right. So we're going we're gonna to sign off the recording here. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dave. We hope you enjoyed free beer and real estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.